Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'll be your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate, Mete, and Terry. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? In today's episode, we're just going to get into um, a recap of some of the scores in the NBA from this weekend. Uh, just taking a look at uh, what happened around the league in the playoff series. Uh, and then we'll just look at each series and we'll, we'll uh, look where each team's at. Um, the standing of each series, and then uh, we'll move over to just the preview for the next couple days worth of games. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Um, We'll start with the scores from Saturday, May the 29th. Um, One team actually completed their series sweep 4-0, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, topping the Miami Heat 120-103. to Uh, Just taking a look at some of the scores here. Uh, Brooke Lopez actually led the box with 25 points. Uh, Bam Adebayo added 20 to lead the Heat. Uh, Yanis led the box with rebounds with 12, and Bam had 14 for Miami. And Yanis led the team also in assists with 15, with Jimmy Butler coming through with 10. And uh, Terry, let me start with you on this. Uh, I guess what did the Bucs do well uh, just to win the series? Just limiting... Uh... The Heat's opportunities. I mean, uh, a couple of these guys off the bench, whether it be Tyler Hero or even Kendrick Nunn, I believe they went five for 13 and seven for 15, respectively. So having said that, when you limit the role players in their opportunities, you're just putting the other team into greater deficit. And then that's what the Bucs did great. Um, Guys like on the Bucs, probably like uh, Brent Forbes and... Uh, I believe Bobby Portis, they made their opportunities, even though they shot a little bit significantly uh, not so great. But having said that, I mean, the starters for the Bucks just basically uh, covered the weakness on the bench and then they just played tremendous defense, just to summarize it. Yeah, for sure. I think defense was a big part of it. But uh, Mete, I'll get to you on Miami here. I know their shooting was down a lot from uh, last year's series against the Bucs. I don't know, did this team just get worse or why did they lose this series? I think the main reason they lost the series was because of Jimmy Butler. Uh, he was doing other things than scoring, but um, the whole series, his efficiency was just terrible. And I wanna say that this series, is, this series has been a great disappointment. They had a great game one that went to overtime and a buzzer beater winner. And the next three were just blowouts for Milwaukee. Yeah, I think it was pretty tough from the get-go for Miami. And then Nate, just finishing with you, um, do the Bucks have any chance if they end up facing Brooklyn in round two? Um, I mean, possibly. It's going to be tough to say because they're both are really good teams. I mean, the Nets, they're still looking like the favorites right now. If uh, the big three over there is hot, then it's going to be hard to kind of keep pace with them. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, just moving on to the next game, uh, we got the Portland Trailblazers beating the Denver Nuggets 115-95. to 95. Uh, Portland ties up the series there. Um, this time, Mete, I'll start with you since you backed Portland quite a bit in our predictions. Uh um, how, how do you see this team um, in this series? Um, why are they playing so well? Uh, 
actually, they're doing okay, but I was getting a little worried before this game. Um, I think they got blown out the last two games, and then playoff pal went off this game with 29. He carried the Trailblazers. I think they're doing well because, like I said before, this is the deepest team they've had in years, so they got guys like Paolo, Melo, uh, Nurkic, Covington, who can chip in if McCollum and Lillard are off like this game. Lillard only had 10 points, one of 10, and Powell carried the scoring load. Yeah, for sure. Just looking at the scoring here, Norman Powell did lead the Trailblazers with 29, Nikola Jokic adding 16 for the Nuggets, and then Jokic leading the Nuggets in rebounds with nine, and Robert Covington had nine for Portland, and then uh, Cam Pazzo had seven assists uh, for Denver with Damian Lillard adding 10 for Portland. And uh, Nate, just getting to you on Denver, I know you really back this team. Uh, do you think that they'll just be able to limit Portland's chances in the next game? And I guess, do you believe uh, they'll be able to just drain the steam out of the Blazers? Um, That's what I thought going into the beginning of the series. I'm not as sure now. Um. I think it kind of depends on kind of the shooting of Denver. I think Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., they didn't have the best night shooting. So if they do want to kind of drain the, drain the steam of the Blazers, they're going to have to increase their field goal percentage. Yeah, and I think just attempting more shots for those two and then uh, Jokic having the most attempts and his percentage was a little low as well uh, for a big. And then uh, Terry, just getting to you, um, I guess in terms of analysis, which way is this series sort of tipping as you see it? Well, the Blazers just took the last game, and we all know when it comes to game four, it's the most critical one. It could even the series. It could finish the series. It could put it in uneven balance. Having said that, it's going to be a series of three, and it's basically whoever uh, can limit their uh, – how should I put this? Um What's the word I'm looking for here? Help me out here. Uh, weaknesses, missed opportunities, that type of stuff. Uh, for example, Jokic went 7 for 18. I mean, he, if he wants the Nuggets to win, he has to help out his field goal percentage. Same way guys like Aaron Gordon, especially guys like Michael Porter Jr. If you go one for three on a night and you're probably the second option on the team, uh, your team's going to lose, and unfortunately, this is what happened with Denver. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I might lean Portland going into game five just because of that shooting, like you mentioned. It's just been very inconsistent for Denver. The games where the shooting is falling, they seem to be able to pull out the win. So um, I think Denver is a better overall squad if both teams are shooting just as efficiently. They just need to pretty much be more consistent when it comes to shooting. And and just getting to the next game, um, Philly took a 3-0 series lead uh, with a 132-103 win over the Wizards. Uh, just looking at some of the top-end scores, Joel Embiid, 36 points to lead the 76ers. Russell Westbrook, 26 for uh, the Wizards. And then uh, Tobias Harris, 13 rebounds for the Sixers. Westbrook for uh, the Wizards, uh, adding 12 and then Ben Simmons with nine assists for um, Philly. And then uh, Russell Westbrook completing the triple-double with 10 assists for Washington. So, uh, Mete, I'll start with you this time. Uh, just looking here at Philly, um, 
they've been playing so well. Um, they've been so efficient. Their starters have just been scoring. Um, and they've even been getting a little bit from their bench. So um, I guess, uh, how do you see Philly just closing out the series? More of the same? Uh, yeah, I believe they can just dominate this series. Like, I love what they did this year. They've had, they have the worst floor-spacing guard in Ben Simmons, and they just surrounded him with a bunch of spot-up three-point shooters, and it's working to great success so far. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Nate, just getting to you, um, just looking at Washington, um, I guess how, what can this team pretty much do better to sort of, you know, have a chance of taking game four? Um, it's going to be hard to say because of how good Philly is. I guess it'd be kind of trying to limit the chances of Embiid trying to limit, I guess, this, I guess the passing of Ben Simmons probably. Yeah, and um, Terry, just getting to you, um, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they combined for over 50 points. Uh, if Washington wants any chance in this series, are they going to need to score more than that? You're going to need to score way more than that. I mean, if you're getting that from your key guards in the backcourt and your bench is probably giving you, I don't know, give or take maybe less than 30 points, and then the rest of your starters aren't even averaging more than half of what uh, – Beal and Westbrook are averaging. I feel like this is a recipe for disaster. But as I said a few episodes ago, I feel like Washington can get a game out of this series. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll definitely take a look at the, the Monday game currently in progress as we move along. So we'll definitely see uh, if Washington will get the job done there. And uh, let's just move to the last game from Saturday. Um, the Utah Jazz being the Memphis Grizzlies, 121 to 111 to take a 2-1 series lead in, in that uh, series. Um, yeah, Utah looks so much more efficient with Donovan Mitchell in the lineup. He led them in points with 29, John Morant adding 28 for the Grizzlies. Rudy Gobert leading in rebounds with 14 for Utah. Kyle Anderson had 13 for Memphis. Mike Conley, eight assists for the Utah Jazz. And John Morant had seven for the Memphis Grizzlies. Nate, let me start with you. Um, I guess just looking at the Utah Jazz, uh, this team, they've just been playing so efficiently um, with Donovan Mitchell back. Uh, they've been getting bench points. They've been getting consistent scoring from all of their starters. Uh, do you think that they can just sweep the rest of the games? Um, there's a chance. I mean, with Donovan Mitchell in, their team's just way too deep. It's going to be really hard to keep up with them. Yeah, for sure. And um, Mete, I'll just get to you on the Grizzlies. Uh, it seems like Valanchunas was a little more quiet than he usually is in most games. He only had 10 points here and... I mean, uh, Jaron Jackson's really not played that well in this series. Um, I guess they're going to need more points from their bigs if they want to even have a chance in this series. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, but it's going to be tough for those two because they're going to be going up against Gobert most of the time. So, And Gobert is one of the best uh, lockdown defenders for a big. He clogs up the paint really well, so... Like I said, it's going to be tough for the Memphis Bigs to get going. And then, Terry, just finishing off with you once again. Um, I know I talked to Nate about Utah uh, finishing up this series, but um, do you see Memphis even getting a game here? Do you see them even putting up a fight, or are we just going to see more blowouts from here on out? 
feel like we're not going to see blowouts, but then, as you said, they will keep these games tight. Uh, you're just hoping for better nights from guys like JV, and then you're hoping for guys like Kyle Anderson and Triple J to just limit their missed opportunities and hopefully uh, if they can't get an open shot, just pass out and then hopefully a guy like, I don't know, maybe Tyrus Jones or Grayson Allen or Desmond Baines can like just get an easy opportunity. Having said that, I mean, uh, I still feel like the series will go six, maybe seven games, but uh, that's just my opinion. All right, and um, that's it for the Saturday games. We'll move into Sunday, and there was a big game uh, Sunday afternoon. It was uh, the New York Knicks at the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks really putting down their foot on the pedal, winning 113 to 96. They're really establishing themselves in this series. I believe they now have a 3-1 series lead. Uh, Mete, I'll definitely start with you. You were pretty much the only person backing Atlanta in this series and uh, I guess you really saw something in this team. What'd you see in this team that they're clearly displaying here? Like I said before, um, Atlanta's very deep. Uh, they've got great shooters, uh, great big man in Capella and Collins. I just like their roster better than um, the Knicks. And the fact that they fired Lloyd Pierce midway during the season and Nate McMillan took over, they've been... A way better team. Yeah, for sure. Just looking at the stats, Trey Young, 27 points to lead the Hawks. Julius Randle with 23 for the Knicks. Randle also adding 10 rebounds to lead the Knicks with Clint Capella getting 15 for the Hawks. Uh, Julius Randle also leading this team in assists with seven. And then Trey Young adding nine for the Hawks. And Terry, just getting to you on the New York Knicks. Um, I think their their lack of overall scoring is just really showing up in this series. Um, normally they can hold teams to around their level of scoring, but they're just do- having a really hard time against uh, this Trey Young-led Atlanta squad. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Having said that, uh, when you're relying on guys like Alec Burks and probably Reggie Bullocks to be your third or fourth option, um, I don't know how to put this gently, but I mean, if you're expecting them to be your options, I mean, you're probably going to have a bad night. Uh, in result, I think Alex Burke went 4 for 12. And maybe Bullocks probably went 0 for 4 in this game. And having said that, I mean, if you're having guys like Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and possibly Derek Rose being if guys that are carrying the heavy load, you're hoping for the supporting cast to do a better job. And unfortunately, this night, it wasn't uh, the next supporting cast that helped them out. Yeah, it really looks like that. And Nate, just finishing up with you here. I'm just looking at the Knicks. They're down 3-1 in this series. They need to win out if they want to move on to the next round. Uh, Can they do it? And if they can, what are they going to have to do to get it done? Um, It's going to be really tough at this point. But I guess um, biggest thing would just be uh, taking advantage of the open looks that you get, just like what Terry said for the supporting cast. Um. When they're open and they can take a shot, they have to make sure that the shot goes in. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Maybe the next biggest thing would be trying to find a way to kind of limit Trey Young's effectiveness somehow. That's, again, a really tall order, but if they can do that, they have a chance. Yeah, and I guess just the points allowed is really coming back to hurt them. I know in the season, 
they were only allowing around 104 points per game, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, but yeah, uh, they, they're definitely allowing a lot more uh, against Atlanta in this series. So I think the defense just really needs to clamp down. Uh, and like you said, limit Trey Young as much as they can. And uh, just moving into the next game from Sunday, we have the Phoenix Suns being the LA Lakers, 100 to 92. I believe Anthony Davis left this game with an injury. Yeah, he only played 19 minutes in this game. So big blow for the Lakers. Um, just looking at the stats here, uh, LeBron James led the Lakers with 25 points. Chris Paul adding 18 to lead the Suns. Uh, LeBron also had 12 rebounds to lead the Lakers and six assists to lead the Lakers, while Chris Paul added nine assists to lead the Suns. And DeAndre Ayton put up 17 rebounds to lead Phoenix. And um, Nate, let me start here with you on Phoenix. Um, I know they did capitalize on the Lakers losing Anthony Davis, but they still played really well. Uh, it looks like a great uh, supporting cast scoring that they got. Um, I guess if uh, whether Davis plays or he doesn't next game, uh, can Phoenix sort of take control of the series? Um, I mean, I guess now is kind of the opportunity f- for that. Um, normally, when your players go down, it can it can either, I guess, light a fire under the opposing team or it can kind of shake them up a bit. So, assuming they're shaken up a bit, um, just kind of go in go in with confidence. Um, you know that you can. I guess, beat the Lakers. You've beaten them before. So, yeah, just try to go in with some confidence. Yeah, and uh, Terry, just getting to you, uh, it really looked like that Chris Paul's really just went into that next gear. I mean, this guy's playing half injured, and yet he's leading his team in most statistical categories. Um, I mean, if Anthony Davis isn't there, um, can Chris Paul uh, really put this team through? And... um, do you think that maybe others like Devin Booker and company need to step up and sort of help them out? I agree with you on that statement right there. Um, today, I just feel like the Suns got a little bit lucky with their field goal opportunities. I mean, Mikael Bridges went four for 12. Um, I believe Devin Booker, five for 14. And then Cameron Payne off the bench, five for 12. Yeah, these uh, field goal percentages may look average to some people and they may be looking horrible for some people but if you're willing to take out this LA Laker team you have to be more efficient when you feel goal shooting I've preached it probably with the first two series maybe three series that we talked about earlier and I'll preach it again for probably the rest of the night uh compare your field goals and you'll uh limit your opportunities for misses and you'll do a great job um with AD out I feel like they may have a better opportunity of taking the series now to possibly seven games but we don't know the status of AD as of yet yeah and uh, Mete just getting to you on the Lakers here um, if Anthony Davis cannot come back and play because I know if he is back playing and he's healthy we can expect this Lakers team to sort of dominate but if he uh, doesn't come back can LeBron James really take control in this series and propel the Lakers to a win LeBron can definitely propel the Lakers to a win, but honestly, I don't think it's going to come down to him if Davis is out. He's going to need a secondary scorer to help him out every night, and right now the Lakers just don't have that, someone who's consistently scoring for them outside of AD and LeBron. Yeah, I've noticed from game to game the Lakers – 
sort of rotation has changed minute wise. Like uh, Montrezl uh, Harrell only had four minutes in this game. I mean, um, guys like Markeith Morris weren't getting into the game. He got into the game this time. They gave Kyle Kuzma more minutes. So we saw a lot more of Marcus All. Um, you know, Wesley Matthews got 25 minutes, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's like it, it's pretty strange uh, to see they're, they're just sort of mixing it up and it's just really not uh, working out. So I guess we'll definitely have to keep an eye uh, for next game. But uh, just moving uh, to the, the other game uh, from Sunday, actually, there are a couple more, but the next one, uh, Brooklyn beating Boston 141 to 126. Um, I believe the series is now 3-1. Boston had won the first game at home, but uh, it really seems like Brooklyn came to play for game four. And uh, Terry, I'll start with you on Brooklyn. Uh, KD, 42 points to lead uh, the Nets. Uh, Kyrie at 39. James Harden at 23. Is this team really unstoppable? Should I even answer that? I mean, I said this when we started predicting these series through the top 15 players in the league. Then you got that sniper on the three spot and the name is Joe Harris. I mean, and then you're going against this uh, injured riddle Celtics team. Yes, they're missing uh, Jalen Brown, but I feel like Jalen Brown is a key part of this uh, rotation. I mean, when you look at the Celtics uh, that night, they were playing almost everyone from six to 13 in the rotation just to, throw whatever they can at this uh, unstoppable Nets team. Having said that, I mean, I feel like they will win the next game, which will clinch the series, and they'll move on to the next round. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Kyrie led them in rebounds with 11. James Harden led them in assists with uh, 18. And, uh, Meti, I just want to get to you because uh, the previous game, Jason Tatum dropped 50. Now he dropped 40. I feel bad for this guy. He's really putting in his best effort, but they just don't have enough offense to really combat uh, this Brooklyn team. I mean, can Boston even survive for one more game? Um, I don't think they'll get another game. Like you said, Tatum's put up 90 points in the last two games, and I think they won the game by like 10 points or something. And this game, they lost by 15. So it doesn't matter how much he's putting up. He's going against three all-stars on the other team. And it's just hard for them to keep up with them at this point. Yeah, Nate, just getting to you. I know I asked you about the Bucks' chances if they have to face Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just by looking at some of these stats, uh, does it convince you otherwise? I don't know. It's still looking pretty tough. I mean, any anybody on this roster can kind of go off for at least 20 points just looking at the roster. Like, they even have Blake Griffin. I know he didn't score too much, but it's not because he can't score. It's because the possessions are going to other players. So even if somebody goes down, they still have someone who can pick up the slack. Yeah, I mean, just judging by the leaders on the Celtics, I mean, we mentioned Jason Tatum at 40 points. He also led them in rebounds with seven. Then Marcus Smart had nine assists. But, uh, yeah, the Celtics are really missing Jalen Brown. Uh, They just really don't look like the same team. Um, I mean, guys like Jabari Parker, I mean, they tried to, you know, um, pick up the slack. But, I mean, they can only do so much. 
Um, and then, yeah, just outside of that, there really just wasn't much going uh, for the Celtics team. So uh, just moving on to the last game from Sunday, uh, we have the LA Clippers uh, beating the Dallas Mavericks 106 to 81. They tie up the series at two. And um, Nate, I'm going to start uh, here with you on the Clippers. Um, this team, uh, they went down 2-0. They've now battled back to tie up the series. I guess, do they have momentum just moving forward? Um, I mean, it's hard to say if they have momentum because I feel like um, Dallas, they can always kind of bring the game back at any point, kind of depending on um, how they're how well they're able to kind of contain Luka. I know in the first couple of games, um, they were having a really rough time trying to contain, contain him, but I mean, it looks like they're doing a better job, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kawhi Leonard led this team with his um, double-double, 29 points and 10 rebounds, both leading for the Clippers. Uh, then Luka had 19 points and uh, six assists. Both of those were leading the Mavericks. Then you had Dorian Finney-Smith to lead the Mavericks in rebounds and Ray John Rondo to lead the Clippers with four assists. And uh, Terry, just getting to you on Dallas, um, they started off 2-0. I know Luka has been playing hurt. Um uh, I mean, if he's back healthy, uh, do you still see the Clippers winning or, or do you think Dallas actually has a chance? I feel like the scoring outside of Luka Doncic on Dallas Mavericks isn't enough. You got to hope for guys like uh, uh, Finney Smith, Hardaway Jr., Max Kleber. Like you got to hope for those guys to just make the shots. Um, Just that same day, uh, Finney Smith, three for nine. Kleber 0 for 3, Hardaway 1 for 8. And Porzingis, probably uh, the only bright spot outside of those four guys, uh, 7 for 12. Luca is playing with a spinal cord spine injury, so having said that, it does affect the mobility. And, I mean, you hope that they can make it more interesting, but anytime the Clippers run, like, all their wings on the court at the same time, I feel like, they just are unstoppable and you can't find a, a game plan for that type of lineup. And unfortunately, guys like Cleaver, Finney, and Porzingis, they're struggling to guard that uh, rotation. Uh, not rotation. They're five right now. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Mete, just getting to you, uh, Dallas only had three double-digit scores in this game. Luca. Boban and Porzingis so um, I don't know is that a sign that Boban needs more minutes or I don't know uh, where are they going to get more scoring to just stay in this series um, I always think Boban deserves more minutes like he's uh, free walking double double if he's going give him like 20 minutes in my opinion um, it just depends on his stamina and if the coach trusts him on the defensive end but uh we were talking about this earlier, a um, couple episodes ago, I think, when they first went out 1-0. I was saying how Finney Smith and Hardaway Jr. shot the lights out. Um, and I was saying it's going to be hard for them to replicate that. And you see that not every game they're going to be knocking down their threes. And another thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that the Clippers went small this, uh, this game. They started Batum at the five and when they're going small like this, Porzingis needs to be grabbing more rebounds than five for a big man. 
7-3 of his side. Yeah, uh, he clearly just didn't give them enough. Um, yeah, I think uh, going Batum seems to be working against uh, Dallas, so I think the Clippers might keep going uh, with that. So Dallas definitely needs to adjust and sort of uh, – they might need to go with more Boban because, uh, like you mentioned, he can get a double-double as well. Um, guys like Porzingis, uh, Kleber, and, and others really need to step up. Um, and then um, just looking at the Monday games, I believe some of them are still in progress. Um, yeah, uh, actually, no, there is one that is finished. The Washington Wizards did uh, win game four. They won it 122-114. to 114. So let's just take a look at that, at that game, actually. Um, the leaders for that game, Bradley Beal, 27 points. Uh, Tobias Harris uh, led uh, the Sixers with 21 points. Uh, Harris also had 13 rebounds to lead the Sixers. Russell Westbrook had 21 for the Wizards. Tobias Harris also led an assist with five, and Westbrook had 14 to lead Washington. And um, Terry, I'll start with you this time. Um, we were just talking about what Washington needed to do. I know MB did go down in this game, Um but just looking at Westbrook, I mean, this guy had 19, 21, and 14. He clearly put this team on his back. Um, I guess he's probably going to need to do that um, every game if they're going to even have a chance. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, there's not that much more to say. You got to hope for guys like Westbrook and Beal to literally put on superhuman performances night in, night out, just to survive maybe even four games and five games. Um, I already said they would squeak out a win, and for this superhuman performance, I feel like Westbrook and Beal are going to be tired after, and you're going to have to rely on guys like Hachimura, Gafford, Bertans, and Lopez for your scoring output afterwards. Um, yes, Joel Embiid is injured, but then I feel like the rotation after Embiid at the center spot is perfectly fine with guys like Dwight Howard, uh, Scott, and I believe... Uh, Tolliver, even though they don't have enough playing time. But that's what you expect in playoffs when uh, the lights are shining bright. The rotations always get shortened and less guys are getting playing time. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And Nate, I want to get to you because uh, you talked about Washington limiting Joel Embiid uh, being their only chance of success. And I mean, he goes down in this game. So I guess without Joel Embiid, um, is Philly going to lose the next three straight if he doesn't play? Or uh, can this team still squeak out one more win um, with him out of the lineup, possibly? I think um, Philly is deep enough that they can still compete with the Wizards. Um, ben Simmons, he's still a really good um, inside scorer. I think the problem was just that they had to kind of figure out who was going to be inside more. So Joel Embiid was inside more, but we might see uh, Ben Simmons kind of take the, the ball to the basket more. Um, Dwight Howard, he didn't have the best game, but normally he's like a double-double kind of guy. So there's still a chance for Philly. It's not over yet. Um, this is definitely the chance for the Wizards, but can't really underestimate Philly still. And then Mete, just finishing up with you, um, I guess um, – what does Philly need to change up if Joel Embiid isn't playing? Like, do they need to uh, play more small ball? Do they need to sort of um, go through Tobias Harris? It seems like they were doing that a lot in this game. Uh, he put up um, 
pretty much all the stats for this team. I guess what are they going to have to do if they want to beat uh, Washington without Embiid? I don't think they need to go to small ball. Um, Embiid did get hurt during the regular season, and they ran Dwight Howard, I think, in his spot, and they were doing just fine. Um, actually, Howard was going off for a couple weeks while Embiid was down. Um, I think what they need to do, uh, it looks like they had a rough night shooting the three. They just got to make their shots, three-point shots when they're open. Yeah, it really looks like they had a tough time. I know Seth Curry's their best three-point shooter. He went 0 for 4 in this game. Tobias Harris went 1 for 5. Definitely not something you want from your best three-point shooters. Even Danny Green uh, only made uh, 30-something percent of his threes. So definitely you want to tick that up a little bit if you want to get a win there. And then uh, one game still in progress that we won't cover. The Utah Jazz are leading the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in the second quarter as we speak. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. All right, let's just take a look at the bracket here uh, for the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll actually start out in the West. Um, like we mentioned, this game is still going on. Utah is currently up 2-1 in the series. Uh, Terry, let me start with you. Um I guess, who did you have winning this series, and are you liking your prediction so far? Uh, I took Utah, I believe, in six. Can't remember that podcast anymore, but I still like it just due to the fact that Donovan Mitchell is back and the scoring reliance on guys like Mike Connolly and Jordan Clarkson that aren't going to be as high as compared to now just for the fact that Donovan Mitchell is one of the better shooting guards in this NBA right now, and I feel like uh, the pressure on those other guys are going to be a little bit more less than it was from game one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Mete, how about you? Um, how are you feeling about this series for your prediction? I believe I took Utah in five or six as well. And that was without knowing if Mitchell was going to play. So now that he's back, I'm confident in that pick. And then Nate, just getting to you, I believe you were on Utah as well. How are you feeling about uh, this series? Yeah, just like what everyone else said, um, with Donovan Mitchell back in, I feel like it should be at least game six. The Grizzlies, they probably have another win in them, but I think that's going to be it. Yeah, I also took Utah, and I said that once uh, Donovan Mitchell came back, they would sweep their remaining games. So I believe they should take the next two games in the series and they should win it in five. I said four or five, depending on when Mitchell comes back. So it's definitely looking like that's going to happen. Uh, just moving to the four or five series in the West, we got the Lakers, or we sorry, we got the Clippers and the Mavericks uh, all tied up at two. Um, I'll start with you uh, this time, Mete. Um, I guess, what was your prediction coming in? And uh, I guess, what do you think about the series now? I had Clippers in five, I believe, and so that's not going to happen. Uh, what I feel like is going to happen now is I think this could go to seven. Um, it's been uh, the away team winning both games on the road, like the Mavericks won first two on the road, and now Clippers won the next two on the road. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think it goes seven. And then Nate, just getting to you, um, how do you feel about this series and how you predicted it? 
Um, I think the Clippers, they're doing um, really well. But it, I mean, it kind of depends on, again, like how well they can contain Luka. It'll probably go to seven, but I guess I'll go with Dallas. And then getting to you, Terry, um, how do you feel about this series? Luka still has that spine injury affecting him. I feel like Clippers take the next game. If he's healthy for game six, like fully 100% healthy, I say Dallas may take it. But if he's still lingering with that injury, I feel like Clippers might win the next two. So Clippers in six. Yeah, I believe my prediction was Clippers in six or seven. I can't remember which I, I took, but I know I definitely took the Clippers. Um, I believe they can take it in six. Uh, Luca looks very limited right now. Um, this team, their their shooting sort of dried up, uh, I guess, as uh, some people were predicting. Because, uh, I mean, they were one of the hottest shooting teams um, at the beginning of the playoffs. And then I guess it was really hard to keep up that pace. So definitely the Clippers are the deeper team. They definitely deserve to move out of this series as long as they play well. So, yeah, I think uh, Clippers uh, should be able to close it out in six, uh, depending on Luka's health. And um, just moving to the 3-6 series there in the West. Um, this time I'll start with you, Nate. I believe you had Denver in the series. It is tied 2-2. Are you still uh, with Denver? Um, I think game five is probably going to decide it. Um, I think if Portland wins game five, they'll probably win in six or seven games. But if Denver wins game five, I, I guess I'd probably say Denver in seven, maybe. All right. I believe you also had Denver, Terry. Um, do you still like them winning this series? I'll still take Denver. I'll still hold to my picks. Um, as for it being in six games, no, I feel like it's going to be in seven now just because the Blazers are just not going down without a fight and it is Damian Lillard, right? And definitely a big advocator for the Blazers, Mete. Um, I guess you probably are still picking them to win this series. Yeah, I have Blaze. I think I picked Blazers in seven and I'm going to stick with that. But if Barton, Will Barton comes back, that's going to be big for the Nuggets. Yeah, for sure. I believe I also had Portland in seven. Um, still liking the pick. Uh, this Portland team can definitely generate offense. Uh, they definitely got to be the hotter shooting team if they want to win. Uh, because once Denver got gets hot, their team is just a lot uh, bigger and they can definitely take over the game. So Portland just has to continue to just shoot at the rate that they've been doing. And uh, they can definitely win this series. Uh, and then getting to the 2-7 here, the Phoenix Suns against the LA Lakers. Series is tied 2-2. Um, I believe the majority of us were on the Lakers, if not all of us. Uh, Nate, uh, I can't remember what your prediction was, but uh, could you let us know what it was and if you still like it for this series? To be honest, I kind of forgot. Um, it <laughs> might have been Phoenix, but um I guess this is another one that's kind of going to depend on the health of, of AD, the health of Chris Paul. It looks like Chris Paul, he's, even though he's not a hundred percent, he's playing like he's close to a hundred percent. So I guess he'd be fine. So I guess maybe Phoenix and seven. All right, Terry, just getting to you. I believe you had the Lakers winning this series. Do you still like the Lakers winning this series? Yes. And yes. And yes. Uh, if AD's out, it's going to go to seven games. If he's going to be coming back hobbling or healthy, 
uh, I feel like the Lakers may take the next two. All right, and then getting to you, Mete, I believe you also had the Lakers. Do you still like them to win this series? Um, it's tough right now because I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis is out for game five, and then if the Suns win that, they just need one more. So I have a big concern that the Lakers can move on right now. Yeah, I'm just sort of analyzing this series. I believe I had Lakers in five or six. Um, I'm kind of liking Phoenix a little bit better now. Uh, so I, I really don't like my original prediction in this series. Uh, just looking at uh, the way things are, Phoenix is at home for game five. I do believe they take game five, but I believe LeBron should be able to steal one in game six. The series should be able to go to seven. And I do like Phoenix at home if Anthony Davis doesn't play. If Anthony Davis does play, I might lean towards the Lakers. But uh, as for his status right now, I'm definitely leaning uh, Suns and seven. And then uh, moving over to the East, um, it's now uh, 3-1 Philly in that series as the game was just final on Monday. Um, I guess, uh, Terry, I'll start with you. Um I guess, what was your prediction for this series? And I, I guess Philly is going to close it out uh, the next game if Embiid plays. Philly and five, next question. Uh, that's it. Oh, wow, yeah. And uh, <laughs> as long as Embiid plays, I think I, I think I can agree with you, yeah. Uh, and I guess if Embiid doesn't play, Terry, does that concern you at all? Uh, maybe just because your strategy of having shooters around Embiid kind of negates just due to the fact that Dwight Howard isn't known for, you know, shooting the basketball. And I believe, I believe Scott was a decent mid-range shooter maybe a couple years back, but I haven't seen him play a lot this year. So um, that's a little question mark that I have in my mind. Aside from that, um, that backcourt of the Wizards, they just have to carry from now on. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Nate, I also believe you had Philly in this series. I guess, do you like your prediction going forward? Yeah, I still feel like um, Philly definitely still has a really high chance of winning. Um, it's basically going to come down to how well Westbrook and Bradley Beal play, but um, it's going to be really hard for them to come back. Yeah, and then just getting to you, Mete, I believe you also had Philly in this series. I believe you had the Wizards winning some games, though. Um, I guess, uh, what do you think about your series prediction? And I guess, do you think Philly closes it out in game five? I actually believe I picked the sweep here. I can't remember, though. Um, yeah, I think Philly should win next game, even if MB's not there. Like, they're way too deep. They just got to make their threes. Yeah, for sure. I know I had, uh, I think it was Philly in four if they're healthy or else Philly in five. It is possible they close it out. I'm sort of leaning to Philly in six now if MB doesn't play. Um, definitely this Philly squad is deep, like you guys said, but I do believe that uh, Westbrook and Beal might have one game left in them uh, if the Sixers are shorthanded. So I guess we'll just need to keep an eye on the injury status of Joel Embiid heading in. And then uh, moving to the 4-5 series in the East, we have Atlanta up 3-1. Mete, I'll start with you here. I believe you had Atlanta in seven. Uh, Does it get to seven, or do you think Atlanta closes it out earlier? Yeah, I don't know if it's going seven anymore. I was saying this is going to be the closest matchup in the first round, and that's been a disappointment so far after 
the great game one they had. So I think Atlanta can win now in six since it's going back to MSG. And then Nate, just getting to you on this series, I know you had the New York Knicks, as did most of us. Uh, do you like them coming back and winning in seven, or do you think Atlanta takes this uh, at some point in the next couple games? Um, it's gonna be really tough. Um, they're basically fighting for their playoff lives at this point, so they're gonna have to give it everything they've got. So I think they can at least win one more, but. I think Atlanta has the advantage right now, so I guess it could be Atlanta in six. And then getting to you, Terry, uh, how do you feel about your Knicks prediction in this series? And I guess what's sort of your, whether you have a new prediction or not, what's sort of your prediction heading in? Go down with the ship with all my picks. I mean, I'll still take Knicks in seven, even though it may look like a horrible pick now. Um, honestly, I think I overvalued the Knicks defense. And having said that, I didn't look around to their scoring opportunities outside of Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Derrick Rose. And having said that, I mean, that might be the downfall to my prediction. Having said that, uh, the Hawks are the better team on paper, and I feel like uh, if they do make it out of this matchup, uh, good for them. Yeah, I know I also said Knicks in seven, and I mean, uh, this team's just have a, having trouble putting up points, um, I guess, on the board. Um, uh, if they can't get over 100 points, they're definitely losing next game, no doubt about it, um, because Atlanta is just really – like, they're proving that they're a very deep team. Um, I mean, I'll try and stick to my prediction as much as I can. I'm, it, it's going to go to seven, but I if it does go to seven, I definitely like Atlanta coming out of that because Trey Young – he just proved what a big time clutch scorer he is in this series. And I mean, uh, yeah, he's just been uh, pretty much unstoppable at this point. If they don't take it in five, they'll go to seven. And then I still think Atlanta gets it done now. And um, uh, I know we looked at the Milwaukee series. That series was a sweep. Um, I know most of us didn't predict that. Uh, most of us did take the Bucks. Uh, maybe a couple of us took Miami. Um, I guess I'll just get your thoughts on this series. I'll start with you, Terry. Um, honestly, I agree with you on what you just said. No one expected this one to be a sweep. Honestly, we all thought that the Miami Heat would have put up more of a fight just due to the fact that we saw them do this last year. But having said that, uh, the Bucks made their adjustments and they minimized their mistakes and they got the sweep. And then I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on that series? Uh, like I was saying, this was a big letdown. Um the Eastern Conference, the reigning Eastern Conference champions just go down without even a game in the first round. So that's a tough year for Miami. And then I guess, Nate, your thoughts on that sweep by the Bucks? Well, I guess the big question going in was um, are the Bucks just basically um, Giannis with a bunch of help around him? Can the supporting uh, cast kind of help him? And it looks like they can do more than that. I mean, Miami did beat them last season, and now they swept Miami right back. So congratulations to the Bucks. Well, I mean, Brooke Lopez led this team in scoring in the final game. I mean, they are getting secondary support scoring um, from their other guys. And I mean, I, I believe I said um, Milwaukee in six or seven, and I mean, they did it in four games. None of us expected this. 
um yeah so um great on um, Milwaukee and um they'll, they'll definitely be a, a tough test in my mind uh, I, I'm pretty sure they'll be facing Brooklyn so, so they will be a tough test for them and uh, I guess just getting to the two seven series Brooklyn against Boston it is three one Brooklyn I don't think Boston has anything left in the tank um, I know I originally said uh, Brooklyn in four but Boston put up that uh, amazing game and Jason Tatum just led the way uh, I think Brooklyn in five um, I guess uh, Matt I'll get to you first uh, what was your prediction and what do you think I think I have a sweep for the Nets here and like you were saying I don't think Boston has anything left in the tank uh, like they would need a miracle to win another game Tatum putting up 40 points and you're still losing that's tough yeah, for sure. I, I think most of us should be seeing this one closing out uh, in five games. I think, Nate, you feel the same way. Pretty much it comes down to offense at this point, and the Nets clearly have the higher-powered offense. I feel like Tatum, he's going to pull like a Kobe or something and then and put up 60, and then Boston's still going to lose somehow. So, yeah, it's going to look really tough. Yeah, I mean, this Brooklyn team at times can put up over 140 points a game. It's just unreal. Uh, Terry, just getting to you, I believe you also had Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know how many games you had them in, but I think it's pretty much going to be five games. What do you think? Five, next question. Um, <laughs> aside from that, ain't really got nothing else to say. I mean, Boston is a great team. Hopefully they draft a young talent to develop into the Brad Stevens system. Uh, having said that, hopefully they can get it done next year and write down the picks. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I guess just moving into the preview, that is the first game of uh, Tuesday slate. Um, the spread is now 12 and a half points uh, for Brooklyn. Um, I mean, I just might lean uh, with the Celtics uh, just because uh, I guess overall they're, they're going to probably try and put up a fight, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll start with you, Terry. Sorry, what was the question? Um, just who do you, who do you think uh, is going to win this game? I know you said Brooklyn, but uh, can they keep it close? The spread is 12 and a half. 12 and a half, so basically 13 for Brooklyn. Um, it's actually a good question. If Celtics are out of gas, I mean, it's probably going to be uh, 13. But um, say they want to go down fighting, it'll be within 13. That's actually a tough one, but usually with spreads within double digits, I usually go with the Celtics, but it's Brooklyn we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, Nate, getting to you, uh, do you think the Celtics can uh, keep it close, or do you think the Nets will run away with this by, like, 13 or more? Um. I feel like on paper, there's no reason why the Nets should be able shouldn't be able to um, outpace the Celtics by at least 13 points. Um, if you really believe in Jason Tatum, you can go with the Celtics, but I think on paper the Nets are a safer pick. And then just getting to you, Mete, what are your thoughts on I guess the spread of the game? I know most of us have Brooklyn winning. Um, like Terry was saying, I don't really like betting uh, on the overdog with double digits like that, so. I think Tatum will try his hardest and try to keep this game close, at least not a 13-point loss. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I just really don't like such a large uh, spread here, um, especially if the Celtics are going to go down. They're going to go down fighting in their last game. Definitely something to look out for. 
And then just moving to the next game, uh, the Blazers and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are home here and they are favored at one and a half points. So this is pretty much a pick them here. Um, Nate, I'll start with you. Who do you think is winning this game? Um, I guess because I'm going with Denver and seven, I'll say for now that Denver is going to probably win this game. And then to you, Terry, do you also like Denver here? It's actually a tough matchup as well. Um, what was the spread? Pick them. So it's pretty much a pick them. Yeah. yeah. I want to say go with Portland, but I mean, Denver's the higher seed and they have something to fight for. So I want to go with Denver here. And then Mete, I assume you're just going to ride with Portland here. Yeah, I'll go with Portland since I have them winning this series. Yeah, I'm probably going to ride with Portland as well because they are getting points in this uh, game. They are um, the underdogs here. Um, yeah, they've just been shooting incredibly well. I just expect them to continue the shooting. Um, I know the Nuggets are home, but uh, if their shooters stay as cold as they've been the last couple of games, uh, it's going to be really tough for them. And then just moving to the final game uh, of the Tuesday slate, uh, Phoenix uh, is at home and they are favored by five points against the Lakers. Um, I like uh, Phoenix um, to cover at least five uh, in this game without Anthony Davis. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you this time. Uh, what do you think uh, about this game? Um, I think they should be able to keep it close. It's going to be hard for the Lakers to score without Anthony Davis. And then getting to you, Terry, uh, who do you like uh, on this uh, five-point spread? Five-point spread, I feel like Suns may take it, even though this goes against everything I'm saying with the series. Um, having said that, I mean, AD is out, and Aiden's going to have a better time in the paint just due to the fact that Drummond doesn't have a established post game yet. Marcus Hall's uh, slow on the defensive end, and I believe Montres Harold is just being put in the dog pound or in the doghouse by Frank Vogel. Yeah, I know it is going to be tough for the Lakers. And then Mete, for you, do you also like Phoenix in this game for the spread? Yeah, this is a huge opportunity for the Suns with the injury of Anthony Davis. Of course, it's unfortunate, but they got to take advantage of this and win this game. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess just looking at uh, the Wednesday slate, um, we don't have a spread yet uh, for the 76ers Wizards. So I guess we'll just pick a winner here. Uh, Nate, uh, do you see the 76ers closing out uh, with or without Embiid? Um, with Embiid, I think they can close it out. Without Embiid, I think uh, Wizards have it have one more win in them. And then Mete, getting to you, uh, same question, with or without Embiid, uh, do the Sixers close it out? I was just saying, um, without Embiid, they should win since they're so deep, so I'll stick with that. And then uh, with you, Terry, uh, same question. Uh, do you think the Sixers win either way, or do you think Washington has a chance here if Embiid's out? Really? Uh, Washington's going to go down fighting if Embiid's out. And then um, I actually like uh, Washington here. I believe they have one more game left in the tank. Uh, if MB doesn't play, if MB's in, obviously I will ride with Philly to close it out because this Philly team is just too good with him in the lineup. And then looking at the Hawks-Knicks game here, the Knicks are home 
and uh, they are favored by one and a half. So it's pretty much a pick them at this point. Uh, Mette, I'll start with you. Do you think the Hawks close it out here? Um, I don't think they will. Like I was saying, um, Madison Square Garden, those fans get really loud and they're passionate. So I think their um, home court energy can carry them to a win here. And uh, Terry, are you on the Knicks as well? I'll take Knicks because, I mean, it goes with my uh, series pick. Having said that, I agree with Mente. Uh, the crowd in MSG is always going to be overzealous. It's going to be very, I wouldn't say hostile, but they will try to get under your skin. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, Nate, just getting to you, uh, do you also like the Knicks winning here, or do you think the Hawks close it out? Um, well, I did have the Hawks in six, and like they said, um, fans are going to be really passionate. Um, it could get under their skin. The Knicks, they're fighting for their playoff lives at this point. So whatever they have in the tank is going to be put onto this game. So this is kind of the perfect opportunity for the Knicks to get another win. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely liking the Knicks as well. I think Trey Young's only undoing is the fans getting in his head at this point. Pretty much no one else on the Knicks can stop him. So uh, I guess the the crowd's really going to have to back this Knicks team, and I actually think they can. So I'll definitely lean with the Knicks here for Game Five, and then um, I guess the Grizzlies against the Jazz. Uh, we don't have a spread yet, so we'll just pick a winner here. Um, I'll start with you, Terry. Uh, if the Jazz win uh, Game Four, do they close it out here, or if the Grizzlies win Game Four, do they take a series lead here? I feel like Utah's going to win this. Um, I don't even know what to say at this rate. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, definitely. Um, the Jazz are home at the, it, for this game. I really just don't see them losing. If they come into this game with the series tied even, I just don't see them losing. Uh, this Jazz team has been too efficient. They've been too good with Donovan Mitchell in the lineup. I know, Nate, you talked about them being really deep. Uh, do you also see the Jazz winning this game at home? I think so. Uh, the Jazz, I think they're projected to lead in almost every major statistical category except for steals. So I think you have to go to the with the Jazz on this one. And then to you, Mete, do the Grizzlies have anything left or do the Jazz just win this at home? Yeah, um, if the Jazz win here tonight, I think the Jazz will close it out in five. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty simple there. Uh, we won't overthink that game. And then the final game on the Wednesday slate, the LA Clippers are at home and they're favored by seven points against Dallas. I assume Luca's going to play. He might be limited in this game. Um, Nate, I'll start with you here. Uh, do the Clippers cover seven or does Dallas keep it close here? Um, I feel like Dallas can keep it close. Um, yeah, I think, I think in terms of projection, it's looks like it's going to be five. So I guess I'll go with Dallas. All right. And then, uh, Terry, just getting to you, uh, do the Clippers cover seven or do you think Dallas, um, can keep it closer or even potentially win? If Luke is out, not out. Why did I even say that? If Luke is, <laughs> Luca is what he was in game four, uh, I feel like they're not going to have a chance. Having said that, they're going to have to look outside. 
for uh, their scoring production, whether it be Tim Hardaway, uh, Porzingis, Kleber, whoever else is on the team. Um, I'll take Clippers uh, minus seven, yeah. And then uh, just getting to you, Mete, uh, do you like the Clippers um, to cover seven or do you like Dallas here? I like the Clippers to win this game, but the Mavericks have been better on the road, so I think they can keep it close. So I would pick the Mavericks here, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Dallas's shooting can get as bad as it was in the last game. I think it's only upward from here for that team. Uh, whether Luka is limited or not, I think their secondary scores do come to play. So I think they can keep it close. Like you said, I definitely like the Clippers winning this game overall, but it should be a, a pretty close one here in LA. And um, that's pretty much the end uh, of big time basketball for today uh, from the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Just make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, uh, click the bell for notifications, leave a review, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again, guys, um, for recording today. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.